are back for another romp through the postseason. Week 13 has come and gone, uh, but there's always time for more PA High School Football Report podcast. Welcome back, folks. Uh, you're in for a tremendous treat this week, uh, or curse maybe, uh, but it is officially Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving to all, uh, where the dessert, the best dessert, uh, I've always felt after a heaping pile of turkey is, of course, that's right, a turkey sandwich. Never just forget about the dessert. Stay on, stay on point. All right. You spend all day cooking the bird to stay on point. Use that for your dessert as well. Eric Kepler alongside, wait, where'd she go? Jenna. Oh yes. That's I forgot. My, my fearless colleague this week, Jenna Ben Stoder uh, is catching some sun in Tampa this week. She's officiating in a field hockey junior festival, uh, leaving you to suffer through the next 20 minutes or so uh, with just yours truly. So we will, we will get through it folks. Uh, again, there's so much to talk about, so uh, so let's get to it. The really good news, obviously, is Thanksgiving Day. It has arrived, uh, which means we're less than 24 hours from crowning the last two District 3 champions and continuing the PIAA football playoffs. It's also known as Elite 8 Week. I hope I did not destroy any copyright laws by saying that. All right, uh, just fry the bird responsibly. That's That's first thing. Uh, for this Thursday, uh, I'm feeding 22 people uh, this year in a few hours. Um, so that means two birds are, are getting dropped into the fry zone, uh, the Epler fry zone, uh, making it twice as likely that I set myself on fire or the drain spigot or trash cans. Basically, neighbors, uh, anybody within that 50-yard radius, um, just just back up a little bit. Uh, that's important when when I drop those things in. Okay, so what's on top for the next 20 minutes? Well, I'm very happy to have a couple of top defenders uh, from the Bishop McDevitt Crusaders joining me in a little while, probably in about six, seven minutes. I caught up with Ryan Russo and Riley Robel this week to chat about the value of this War Eagle defense as the Crusaders prep. Um, for a recent rival, we'll call them, Lampeter Strasburg. Very solid program out of the LL. Um, by the way, the Pioneers are going for their third straight uh, District 3 4 title. So um, this is going to be a good one. So we'll talk, to, uh, we'll talk to Ryan and Riley in a few minutes. Um, those two will play for that title. Um, it'll be interesting to see because uh, it's contrasting styles to very good uh, sort of Relentless defenses. Uh, McDevitt's defense has been tremendous all year, really. Um, you could say what you want about giving up 21 points to LaSalle College, but we know how strong the Explorers program is, and that was week one. This is a very different, very much more confident Bishop McDevitt defense now. So first, let's, let's turn to a sort of a mailbag um, question here. Um, this is more like a complaint or a suggestion box, if you will. But I, I've heard the grumblings all the way from the Altoona area uh, this week. So uh, so what's wrong with the PIAA bracket? I get this question quite often every year. The way the districts line up, um, the, uh, let's say, the power programs the teams are sort of forced to go through, the PIAA bracket does move. Uh, every year they tweak um, – they tweak top and bottom, which determines basically either whether or not you're playing at home or whether you're playing closer to home uh, once you hit that PIAA bracket. But, um, you know, one of the things that that has been discussed a lot 
recently is teams playing state playoff games at home. Uh, notably, you know, wire teams like Harrisburg and Mount Lebanon in 6A, uh, Southern Columbia and Carn City in 2A, uh, et cetera. Why are they playing a state quarterfinal against another district champion at their home site? Um, I agree. That, uh, it, this, in my opinion, is an unfair advantage uh, when you're simply handing off uh, to one district champion uh, simply because that team's listed on the top half of the bracket on a sheet of paper. Uh, the brackets, yeah, like I mentioned, the brackets shift every year, but that's that's really hardly the point. I mean, it's sort of an easy explanation of why the PWA has granted this, has, has allowed this, and it, it comes back to the issue of availability. Availability, and we, we discussed this for years and years. Um, uh, you know, the sort of the fading of available venues, if you will. Uh, it's just not an easy logistic to wrap up anymore. Um, not that many, not that many schools on school districts are, are simply willing to open their football stadiums, uh, that maybe have been shut down for two or three weeks. Their team maybe didn't make the playoffs. They're not, they're just not willing to open up the stadiums to, to outside teams, quote unquote, outside teams, you know, in the dead cold in November, and you need to hire personnel and you need to hire security and, and provide those things. And there's not, there's fewer and fewer of those places um, year to year. So the options are slim. So in the ongoing effort to sort of alleviate some of that pain and staging each round, um, the PIAA has put this option in place as, as long as the field's viable, you know, meaning uh, does it have lights for a Friday night game? Is it artificial surface? It's November in Pennsylvania people. So uh, playing on a natural surface at this point is, is probably out of the question. Maybe you get one more week, but um, I know, for this week, we're expecting at least the western half of the state uh, to get bombarded with sort of a uh, rain and sleet mix. So you don't want to put that. You don't want to put a game on, on a natural surface when uh, when gunk like that is coming through. Uh, why missing? For example, in three A, it's a natural grass surface, uh, so the Spartans are sort of forced forced to uh, to take on Scranton Prep in a Howitzer game at Governor Mifflin on Saturday. Uh, artificial turf. So now the exception is how I, is how I understand it is um, if it's truly an East West game, um, let's take the five, a quarterfinal between cathedral prep and Emotep. Well, you've got cathedral prep in Erie and you've got Emotep out of Philly. Obviously that is a true East West matchup. Then you look for something neutral and that game will be played at bald eagle area uh high school in belfont uh which makes perfect sense perfect sense so as you know we still have district title games uh this week uh and most are being played at the home of the higher seed uh to me that makes perfect sense that's that's a cost saving um issue that a lot of districts have gone to in the past couple of years um district three used to always play as most of you know uh, their championship games at Hershey Park Stadium. Uh, that became too expensive. It was just too expensive a proposition for District 3 uh, to make any money. And uh, so they they basically scrapped that a few years ago and went to this uh, home or top seed, higher seed, uh, gets the home site through the championship round in districts. Uh, have zero problem with that. It makes sense, the landscape of what we're in now. So that's something – 
that most districts do. District one is having their championship at 6A. Uh, this week, it's Coatesville going to Garnet Valley, who's the one seed. So they get the home site. Again, makes perfect sense, saves money. Uh, everybody knows, has been to those local stadiums before. Uh, plenty of parking, lights, et cetera, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. So you have that. So, But once the game falls under the PIAA exclusive umbrella, meaning it's two district championships, champions playing in a state game, it should be a neutral site uh, until championship weekend in Hershey. I mean, that's just, you know, you don't want to give anybody a, an unfair advantage. And I think at this point in the season, playing at your home venue, uh, Harrisburg is a perfect example. Yes, it's state college and they're in the same conference and same division as Harrisburg during a regular season. But Saturday's game is Severance Field, which will be the fourth straight game that Harrisburg gets at home. Um is a is a PIAA pure game. State College being the District Six champion and Harrisburg being the District Three champion after that engaging fourteen to ten win over over Wilson last weekend. So again, I think it's something the PIAA can look into. I know it's becoming more difficult to stage these games at quote unquote neutral sites, uh, but again, I don't like seeing when we get down to the final eight uh, anybody having a perceived advantage by playing at a home site. I think that's something that, that does need to be changed um, simply because they're on the top of top half of the bracket. All right. So let's get to some, some of the guys who actually make it happen on Fridays and Saturdays. Here's my interview uh, with McDevitt's uh, defensive tandem, Ryan Russo, Riley Rebell. All righty, we are thrilled to have a pair of Bishop McDevitt defensive standouts, senior linebacker Ryan Russo, the reigning Keystone Division Defensive Player of the Year, and junior defensive tackle Riley Rebell, who I imagine would have won the award if it wasn't for his stingy colleague. Is that is that accurate to say, gents? Uh, yeah, I would think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have been it. All right, guys, thanks for joining us, giving us a few minutes of time. I know it's a busy week for you. District three title game coming up and all of that. So we'll get you on and off real quick here. I want to start with a big old softball question for both of you. And, and Riley, I'll start with you. How does it feel to kind of be playing football in late November? it feels it feels weird I've never I've never done this before so uh it's interesting Ryan uh, yeah it's definitely uh, a lot different than the beginning of the season when it was hot out but uh <laughs> it's fun <laughs> and uh, it's been a, it's been a while since those uh since those people outside the program really have touted a McDevitt defense uh that's that's not a knock it's just that there's all that firepower on the offensive side that Oftentimes, I think the defensive effort gets kind of overlooked at McDevitt. Do you did you guys see this kind of effort and production sort of materializing in the off season? Um, I mean, from the from the jump when we first started our summer workouts and the fall lifting, I kind of knew this season was gonna it was gonna be a positive one. I really like the chemistry we all carried from last season into this one and how we all we all had a goal in mind. Yeah, like Riley said, uh I think we had a lot of people coming back from last year, which we're excited about. So now Ryan, speaking of, of linebacker, obviously Danny Lance Santa being on the coaching staff, 
he's played a pretty good linebacker in his career. Um, and you got some other guys there too, have had success at the next couple of levels. Um, anything in particular from the coaching staff that, uh, that you guys really picked up on and sort of, sort of, uh, applied right away. That's kind of helped you get to this point. Um, I mean, yeah, it's really, it's really cool to be able to play for, uh, NFL veteran and, uh, you can learn a lot from them and our coaches do a really good job with our game plans and it just makes it for easy for us preparing for the games. Now we know, um, we know Ryan too. Linebacker is only good as the guys that are up in front of them. Uh, obviously if they're not taking up space and, and, and whacking out, uh, defenders left and right, uh, you guys can't really fill the holes and make stops. So, I'm going to ask you, Ryan, first, what makes the guy to your left, Riley, so um, so productive? And then, Riley, you got to answer the same question about Ryan. Um, yeah, the guys up front obviously make it really easy for us linebackers. We have Riley, Jamani, and uh, Terry Hughes. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've had to try to block, block Riley before in practice, too, and it doesn't go well. So, uh <laughs> Line up across from him every play on Friday night. Does he does he pick does he pick you up though after he knocks you down? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Riley. Go ahead. That's it. Um, I mean, in practice, you know, I get to watch Ryan. He just flies around to the. He always, you know, he has a nose for the ball. And when I have to block him in practice, I let him know over and over. I don't know if you got a brick up in his helmet or something, but it, it hurts when he makes contact, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, have you guys, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer. I don't think you need motivation this time of year. I think getting closer and closer to the ultimate prize. Uh, and we're only three weeks. Well, we're one week away for districts, three weeks away for States. I think the closer you get, you don't really need, the motivational, the extra motivation. But uh, have you guys talked at all about the 2019 game with Lampeter Stroudsburg? Um, I mean, obviously, after our game with Berks Catholic, it, you know, that was that was the first thing that everybody everybody thought about. Right. You know, we come off the field, we celebrate, and then we all think, oh, well, I mean, there's the YouTube video, and everybody everybody knows about that. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've thought about it, but the past is the past. Every, I mean, we've moved on. We're ready for we're ready for this season, this game coming up. And how how important was opening week that that game against LaSalle? I know I talked to Coach Wack after the Burks Catholic uh, win last week, and he said basically, you know, it was the first time where you guys have really had to play four quarters, and you got that physical matchup that you wanted to you came out relatively healthy which is always a great thing um and and that was the same sort of avenue in week one against the south college high school i mean what did you guys take away from that game in week one i mean week one the way it just kind of played out it was uh it was an eye-opener you know, a lot of kids on our team still hadn't experienced a real loss yet. Those incoming freshmen from last year. Right. And uh, and the kids on the team that didn't think we were going to get a loss this season, they all, you know, they got kicked into gear and they realized we have to start bringing it to practice more and stepping it up to so we don't experience that feeling again. I think it really I think it helped us more than it hurt us. Definitely at the beginning. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
obviously the South is one of the best teams in the state. So although we lost, I think it was uh, pretty uh, beneficial to play them, especially the first game of the season. All right, we're talking to a couple of Bishop McDevitt standouts, Riley Rebell, defensive tackle, and Ryan Russo, linebacker. All right, guys, um, I don't know if you glance at these sort of things, but, you know, reporters do all the time. But McDevitt's like top five statewide uh, in total points scored. I think it's 580 that you guys have scored. You're averaging over 52 a game. Knowing that, knowing that your offense can basically strike at any moment, does that free you guys up more defensively to maybe, you know, I don't want to say you're freewheeling because you still have to play your keys. You still have to, you know, um, but maybe to kind of pin your ears back a little bit more um, and take some more chances because knowing that, you know, if, even if you're not perfect, your offense there is back is can back you up. Does that make sense? Do you guys feel that way? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I definitely feel that way. And I think uh, they they're able to feel that way too. We can trust that our teammates on both sides of the ball are going to do their job, which really helps the other side of the ball too. I think that's what kind of brings us together as a team so well is that everybody has trust in the person to their right and to their left that we're gonna that we're gonna bring everything we got to the game, and that if we make a mistake, that person next to us is going to be the one to to step up and cover for our mistake, and then vice versa on the next play. I think it just it makes us all play a lot more, a lot more freely and, you know, with, with more passion to the game. I, I've spoke about this uh, multiple times and, it, and this is not a, just a McDevitt question. This is basically a high school football team question. You know, egos can derail goals pretty quickly. Uh, it doesn't seem like you guys have that problem or have that issue. Um, was that something that, you know, Riley, maybe the, or um, Ryan, maybe the senior class um, wanted to dictate early that listen, you know, if we if we want to reach um, the district title game and maybe beyond, uh, you know, we need all we need all hats on board, and basically we need to play without ego. Is that something that you guys ever talk about as seniors, or is it just that this group is understands that right from the jump? Um, I think. Uh... I think our whole team, uh, the coaches have instilled in us, you know, like we shouldn't get too high over some of these wins because we still have a state championship that we're uh, gunning for. Right. Riley? Um, I mean, I just feel right right from the beginning, everybody just – they set aside any of their, their personal goals and we've all kind of – we all keep that in the back of our heads and we bring to the table our – our team goal, what we all want to achieve, what every team wants to achieve, you know, the state championship. And I mm-hmm. think because nobody brings their personal goal or their ego to the table, it really helps us all just kind of go out and do our jobs on Friday nights and, you know, get what we need to get done, done. Absolutely. All right, guys, down the home stretch here. What's the one thing, obviously, Friday night you play Peter Strasburg for the District 3-4A title. Uh, at the Rock, what's the one thing as a defense, and I'll start with Ryan, what's the one thing defensively that you guys really need to do well to win this game? Um, I think if we get a, we got to get a couple early stops, three and outs, set our offense up, um, and just trust that they do their job, and then we have to just stick with it through the whole game. Obviously, they're not going to uh, lay down. They're that type of team. They're going to keep going hard. Um, they got some big linemen, so – 
hopefully we can shut down the run. Uh, yeah. Riley, same thing. Um, yeah, pretty much. You know, we just got to come out, make sure we we tackle. Got to hit hard. We got to set the tone early so that our offense can come out and do what it does. And as long as we keep we keep everything we know how to do under control, I think I think we can handle this. All right. Very last question. Uh, this is key. This is the big one. Uh, yes or no? Cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Um, no, for no, me. Yeah. yeah. You, that, that's why I like you guys. Absolutely <laughs> not. That is the correct answer. Beautiful. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. I appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time on a very busy week, an exciting week. Good luck Friday uh, against Lampeter Strasburg and beyond. And um, we'll be looking forward to seeing that game. Uh, don't eat too much turkey. It makes you sleepy. Remember that. <laughs> All right. And you guys need to be alert for Friday night. So thanks so much and best of luck. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Awesome stuff. The two guys from uh, Bishop McDevitt, um, really two of the mid pen's most productive guys on the defensive side of the ball. They've been tremendous all season long. The Crusaders are certainly looking for a little revenge from that 2019 dust-up with Lampeter Strasburg. It should be a whale of a football game Friday night at the Rock. All right, down the home stretch we come. We've got eight teams left per class, six classes that equals 24 games in most countries. So which ones really have my attention here? All right, we got to start with the game I mentioned earlier, Cathedral Prep, 10-1 and versus Imhotep Charter, 12-1. and This is Saturday at Bald Eagle Area High School. Uh, in Wingate, it's 3 p.m. I do believe the winner of this game is coming to Hershey in a couple of weeks uh, to play for a state title. The Panthers are loaded with talent, loaded. Uh, edge rusher Ine White, uh, who's considered the state's top recruit uh, and a Penn State target and uh, future Penn State linebacker. He's a pledge. Uh, Keon Wiley are just two of the names to kind of know from Imhotep. Um the Panthers ticked off wins against Pittsburgh Central Catholic early, Maryland's DeMatha early on in the season. They beat a very good Northeast team um, a few weeks ago. And then uh, Prep just keeps, you know, angling for Hershey every single year. Uh, Coach Mike Mishler has done a whale of a job there. Uh, I think, he, I believe, don't quote me, but he just became like Erie County's number one um, coach in terms of wins. I think he's over 230-some wins now. Uh, he runs one of the best programs in the country. Uh, I'm sorry, in the state. Uh, so this one is going to be huge. So I'm hoping um, Imhotep, I, I know normally they don't travel well, uh, Imhotep, uh, but I'm hoping they have a big crowd for this one because this is a game worthy of a big crowd. Uh, the other one I'm really keeping an eye on is the Class 1A uh, Old Forge versus Canton. This is Saturday, 1 p.m. at Danville High School. It's one versus two. Canton, of course, you know by now is coming off that thrilling win over Steel High. Uh, it's truly a pick 'em game, and it's um, it's a game to really keep an eye on because both of these teams have been really strong all year. And Canton will see how they sort of rebound. And uh, obviously, they won the game against Steel High, but that's a, that was a tough you know, elongated performance um, by Canton to get by 
in that round of 16 games with, with the rollers. So, uh, so we'll see how they recover quickly and, and get back at it. And they're going to need their a game once again against old Forge, who's the top ranked team uh, in our, in our state rankings. All right. That'll do it for the week 14 report. We thank you for hanging out and showing support to us all season long. You can check out all of our new and archived podcasts whenever you want on Apple podcasts, Acast, Spotify, and wherever you download your podcast. Special thanks again to our guests, Bishop McDevitt's Riley Rebell and Ryan Russo, and good luck to all the teams still working toward Hershey Park Stadium in just a few short weeks. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We will chat again next week. See ya.